Welcome to Supercharge My Practice, a podcast dedicated to helping you build a thriving and fulfilling natural therapies business. Each week, your host, Anil Mustafa, interviews leading practitioners and field experts, sharing proven tactics, inspiring stories, and actionable steps that will help you unlock your potential. Supercharge My Practice is proudly brought to you by My Appointments Practice Management System. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Supercharge My Practice podcast. Today, I have the most amazing Fiona Redding, who's a mindset coach, business strategist, facilitator, and motivational speaker. She's also the host of the Happiness Hunter podcast and also co-hosts the Business Addicts podcast, as well as being an author of two books, uh, which are called The Happiness Hunter's Guide to Meditation and It Is Possible, Let Go of Who You Think You Are. Uh, to live the life of your dreams. Welcome, Fiona. Such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me, Neil. It's really nice to meet you. Likewise. Now, today's theme I want to discuss with you is self-sabotage and imposter syndrome. But before we get into that, I'd love to know a little bit more about yourself and why you became a mindset coach. So it's a very long story, which I'm not going to bore you with, but essentially uh, I'd got to a point in my life where my life was in absolute, it was a catastrophe. I think would be a fair way of saying it. There was really not one area of my life that was working very well. I had a really bad drinking problem. I was really overweight, unfit, unhealthy. Um, I was in a really unhappy relationship. We had a lot of money stuff going on. I hadn't been able to get work. I had two tiny kids at home and I was really struggling with a lot of that. And I, it was like I woke up one day and I was just like, how has this become my life? And I, I just, I couldn't like believe it like a university educated had a really great upbringing um you know like they had access to all the opportunities but it was just like I was in my late 30s and I just felt like I was staring down the barrel of this future life and I just I could not imagine living it it wasn't that I wanted to check out or anything like that it was just like this is just actually not acceptable to me like it's just not acceptable so um what actually then sort of happened was I, I made a decision in I made an internal decision and I didn't really realize the power of that at that time. It's actually what, like what happens when we when we actually decide, not just think about it or wish it or hope for it, but actually when we truly go, I, this is what is going to happen from here on in. Um, so basically, what happened is I then I I had started my own business because I hadn't been able to find work and I realised I needed to think more laterally about what I could do to match my skill set to self-employment and I started a business and that kind of really opened something up for me and that was in about September 2012. Um, And then by the end of January 2013, I'd quit drinking, I'd left my relationship, I'd taken the kids, I had no money, nowhere to live and basically just had to rebuild my life from that point up. And so I had my business, which was doing business consulting and kind of business strategy, which is what I'd done in my, like, career. Um, But then I started to kind of embark on this odyssey of self-discovery where I was really, like, really trying to understand who I was, what made me tick, what I wanted for my life, um, how I wanted to be showing up and came across this idea of, like, mindset and um, universal principles and metaphysics and I started studying metaphysics. And what started to happen was that, the work I was doing with my clients, I started to share a lot of the work that I was doing myself and the process I was going through. And then what happened was my business kind of morphed into the happiness hunter, which is really where I work with my clients and my community around their mindset, which is basically the way we think, the way um, our program is built, our belief systems, understanding the ego and how that um how that affects the way we feel and how our emotions kind of determine or don't don't determine the actions that we take. So that's essentially how it happened. I kind of fell into it, but, you know, looking back, did I fall into it or was it what I was always meant to do, you know? I love that. In a nutshell, basically. Excellent. So you've been mindset coaching for quite a little while now, haven't you? A decade. Decade. Wow, fantastic. So the topics I want to talk to you about, which I think are kind of your niche, is imposter syndrome. So I want to start with that. So tell us what is imposter syndrome and what kind of an impact does it have on one's business? So this idea of imposter syndrome was coined in the 1970s um, by two academic researchers and there was a whole story behind that as well, obviously. But uh, essentially what happened was that um, she was observing that, that 
the women in her class who were really intelligent, had, you know, come from really you know, good families, when I say good families, I mean, who knows what goes on behind closed doors, but good families in terms of access to opportunities and education and, you know, wealth and all of that sort of stuff. They were good students, really high-achieving high students. They were, you know, had everything kind of going for them. And she observed them saying things like, I'm going to flunk this test, I'm not very good, dirt, 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 whereas kind of all of the evidence didn't indicate that at all. You know, mm-hmm. they were high-achieving women doing great things in the world, still with this unable to kind of internalise their success and to believe it to be true for them. And so she coined this kind of term imposter syndrome. Now, what she actually now says is if she was back in time, she'd call it imposter phenomenon because it is actually so common and it doesn't just affect high-achieving women. It affects all of us. It really affects everyone. The idea of being an imposter is that we are in a position in our life and we don't feel like we deserve to be here or we don't belong here or we um, can't put ourselves forward for a, a, um, a job that we are completely qualified to do because we think we're not qualified enough or that other people are more qualified than us or we're going to get fa- found out. So we kind of hide and we don't move forward with things or we spend so much time agonising, stressing, worrying that we're not good enough like feeling literally like an imposter wherever we are in our lives. But the reality is we are there in our lives. So how can we be an imposter? Mm-hmm. And in terms of the second part of your question, you know, how it shows up for us as business owners, show me one, show me one person who doesn't feel some sense of they're going to find out. Like how mm-hmm. is this possible? Like, you know, how can I possibly charge money to do this? And I think really where it does show up in business, and this is the this is that intersection, I think, of personal development and business. Like it's like they're just being in business personally from my perspective is one of the greatest self-personal development exercises a person can ever undertake because there really is nowhere to hide, especially when you're self-employed. So what happens is that we're like, who am I to be running this business? Look at all those other people out there doing so much better than me. Look at this fantastic Instagram account or I'm not very good or, you know, I find it difficult to ask for money or have that exchange of money. I should just be able to work for free because I'm helping people, all of that sort of stuff. It shows up absolutely everywhere. But it's just this sense of who am I to be doing this? Who do I think I am? They're going to find out. So there's a whole lot of different imposter kind of, you know, um, avatars, if you want, that you will. But the essentially... It is feeling like I'm an imposter in my business, I'm an imposter in my work, and it can be incredibly debilitating. It stops us from taking action. It stops us from doing things. It stops us from putting ourselves out there. We downplay ourselves. We talk ourselves down. We don't market ourselves properly. We don't position ourselves properly in the market. We don't ask for the sale. We don't um, take ask for the repeat sale because maybe they're not going to want to come back. We don't ask for referrals, all of it. Mm. Why do you think it is that so many of us suffer from imposter syndrome? Do you think it's just the self-doubt? Do you think it's something more with women that we're just so overburdened with so many things, you know, children and households and trying to run a business? Like, Why do you think it is that so many of us suffer with this imposter syndrome? So there's, I mean, there's a couple of things on that, but I think it really does go back to the thing is not the thing. But like, This is a key concept that I teach. So like the thing is not the thing. So the thing is not that we are busy or that we um, are not making sales in our business or we don't think we can put ourselves forward. The thing is we need to go back and look at, like, what is the actual belief system that I've got going on here? Like, what is the story I'm telling myself about who I am and how I exist in the world? And this obviously goes back to our childhood and the belief system that we formed in childhood. So everybody has their own unique way of looking at the world, right? So your perspective and my perspective are completely different things, even if we're looking at the same thing. I'm going to internalise it differently. I have a different cultural background. I have a different family background. I have a different, um, grew up in a different suburb, went to a different school, all of it, right? So the way I see myself in the world and the way I see you in the world, etc., is the way I see it. It doesn't mean it's true. So I'm going to have a belief system. I'm not a good business owner. That's a belief system, right? Or I'm not. Um, I'm. I, you know, I was never going to be a business owner. Or I, I'm not very good with money. Or I'm not very good at sales. Or I'm not very good at marketing. You know, who am I to be doing this? Or you know, I didn't do very well in my. I didn't do. Didn't get straight A's in my degree. And that person over there did. Or that person's done that speciality or whatever that I have. So what happens is we look at the world and compare ourselves to the world. 
But what we're seeing in the world isn't necessarily as it is. That's that's the lens through which we see the world. So most people, and we think it's, you know, we don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't want to big night ourselves. We don't want to, you know, be bigger than our boots, whatever. There's, there'll be a whole lot of stuff that goes on around that. Our job, like the job of the ego, is to keep ourselves small and to keep ourselves safe. And when we start to want to begin to transcend that, which is what I was saying about being in business is a personal development activity. It's about growth. It's about our evolution, you know, because we're becoming, we're expanding, we're doing something that we've never done before. We're going to get pushed back internally around that. And that really ties into the the next point, I I think, of this conversation we're going to have, which is around self-sabotage and Mm. imposter syndrome. And you really did pick it. Imposter syndrome and self-sabotage are really just two sides of the same coin. Mm. And I think what we also need to do is we need to be very careful not to just go to label things and just go, oh, well, I'm just self-sabotaging or it's just imposter syndrome, is we want to dig a level deeper and a level deeper and a level deeper and just really get curious about why. What, What am I getting out of? telling myself this story because I can tell myself another story. Why don't why don't I want to tell myself? Why, why can't I allow myself to not feel like an imposter? Mm. So, okay, because somebody might get upset with me. Okay, then we start to explore that. And this is what we call that limiting beliefs. But we've got to just dig, dig a little bit deeper. We don't just want to say on the surface, oh, well, it's just imposter syndrome or I don't think I can do that. It's just a belief system and a belief system can be changed. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note then, do you have any effective strategies or techniques or exercise that you can suggest to people uh, to build their self-confidence and combat that persistent self-doubt that they feel? Yeah, I think what we need to really do is we need to remove the emotion from it and we need to step into that kind of more logical, pragmatic thing and actually go, well, hang on a minute, let me look for some evidence to support this, like proper evidence, not what I think, but actually let me logically look at this. So you can look at things like um, testimonials. You can look at things like um, transformations that you've helped create clients in your life. You can look at your progress from where you were to where you are now. You can read books about it. You can listen to podcasts like this about it and just really understand that you're not on your own. This is, this. it's like recognising imposter syndrome is the process. Like we have to when, when you're in your comfort zone, you don't get confronted by any of this, right, ever. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to do something like start a business or grow a business, you are going to keep coming up against yourself time and time again. And you just want to recognise that you're going to be throwing stuff at yourself to keep you occupied <laughs> over here so you can't progress forward. So just going, okay, this is just my way of trying to keep myself safe. Well, I love and accept myself unconditionally for that. But let me just question and ask why and reason with myself, is this actually true? Okay, I don't think I'm qualified enough. Okay, well, let me look at the qualifications that I've got for the job that I'm doing. I am. I either am qualified enough or I'm not. And if I'm not, let me go and get another qualification so that I actually have um, done that. But that's kind of a double-edged sword because we all know a lot of people who have got a lot of qualifications who still don't feel qualified. Mm. It's like at what point do you feel qualified? It's like, okay, I don't have enough qualifications. Actually, I've got 25. The issue is not that I'm not qualified. The issue is that I'm not able to internalise that. Okay, so what can I do to help me feel like I um, am am qualified enough? And remember, we can call that procrastinate learning as well. Let me just go and get another qualification because actually going out there and marketing myself is too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But actually for me to grow, that's what I need to do. So if we kind of can use use these little tricks uh, that our ego plays on us to just keep us feeling like we're moving forward but actually not. Mm-hmm. So we need to look at the evidence. You know, I'm not qualified enough. Um, people think I'm a fraud. Okay, well, who thinks I'm a fraud? And who cares what people think anyway? Like, why do I care? Am I a fraud? Do I feel like a fraud? Is what? Let's check in with my intention. Let's check in with my vision. Let's check in with my values. And actually, I am. I'm. I, I you know, genuinely want to help people and do good work and do work that's meaningful. And I want to be self-employed and I want to have financial freedom. Okay, I'm just going to keep going here. I'm going to recognise that's a normal belief system. I don't have to listen to it. I can just start to tell myself another story. All I have to do today is put one foot in front of the other, get myself to work, see my clients, put one Facebook post up, make one phone call, do whatever. But mm. it's like just recognize that there's this dialogue internally going on for yourself and just choose to replace it with a with a different thought um, that feels more empowering and just taking a more positive action. It's just mm-hmm. about taking action. 
And just keep moving as I think that's the problem is that a lot of people get stuck in their own heads. Like you said, just put one Facebook post up, just do one little thing because that movement is what keeps you propelling forward. And I think it's important to stop comparing yourself to all the other, for us, obviously our, our listeners are all practitioners. It's important to stop comparing yourself to other practitioners because you look out there and you see these people, you think they've got all the confidence in the world. They're so active on social media. They've got tens of thousands of views. But what does that all mean? And how do you know that person isn't feeling the same way you are as a practitioner? So it's important not to to judge somebody on the surface because, like you said, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And I'm yet to meet a single successful person that doesn't have those moments of self-doubt or self-comparison or something like that. It's all things that keep creeping up. And it's just learning about how to move forward on that. So I wanted to ask. Can I just say one thing on that? Yeah, sure. This is a very important thing to recognise. All that glitters is not gold. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing on the surface is not necessarily what's going on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's such an important point that you raise. It's, you know, it is not about comparisonitis. And I know, look, I have worked with, I'm going to say I've connected with and worked with thousands of people over the years um, in, in business, men and women. And I can tell you everybody is struggling at some point with their self-esteem, with their self-confidence. And even people that you think have got it all together, really, do they have it all together in every aspect of their life or have they just kind of find this magic formula and can they sustain it? Because, yes, it's fantastic that you can do this, but can you sustain it? Have you built all the systems and the processes and the energy and everything up that you need to in other areas of your life to be able to sustain it? So this idea that, and, you know, we're often comparing ourselves to, they, they have this saying, of you know, sort of somebody else's chapter, my chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20. And also, we all have a completely different purpose. We all have a completely, we have different karma. We have different lessons to learn. It's all different for all of us. All we've got to do is support each other. And when we do feel that, like, green-eyed monster, use it as motivation. It's like that person is no different to me. They've got to where they are because they set vision, they applied themselves, they continue to work on themselves, they didn't give up on themselves. But everybody has to start somewhere. And also... Somebody who's got 25 followers on Instagram can actually be running a more profitable business than somebody who's got 200. Oh, I amen to that. Yes, absolutely. Like, so what's going on on social media? I'm telling you, it's all smoke and mirrors. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It doesn't necessarily translate to a happy business, a successful business, meaningful clients or profit. So that's my piece. I love that. And I see that all the time with other practitioners that are putting posts on Facebook, looking at how many followers other practitioners have and how many views they're getting. But what does that even mean? Why does it matter that you have so many followers or so many views? If that doesn't translate into clients or into an income stream, it means nothing. And I just, I, it really, not to say it's frustrating, but I really feel for those practitioners, especially people coming out now where they feel like the only way to be successful in business is to get more eyeballs on, or eyeballs into your social media accounts. But if they're not the people that you're trying to connect with, what does it what does it matter in the first place? So you just touched on strategy there. So I want to ask you about somebody comes to see you as a client, and you can obviously tell they've got these mindset issues, they've got these blocks. Do you have a kind of a protocol or something that you would follow for someone coming to see you? Like how do you take them from being stuck in their own head, not having these strategies in place? What is your process for coaching someone to move them past onto that stage of being able to propel their business? Oh, there's there's a few things, but I think the first thing is you have to want it. I cannot help anybody that doesn't want it. Like if they want me to do the work for them, it's never going to work. So there has to be this actual desire inside. I've had enough. And I'm ready to do something different. I'm not wishy-washy about it because it's it's not easy to do this. It is fundamentally a very simple process, but it's not actually easy to do it. Um, so basically the first thing we do is we actually go, well, where are you now, right now? And I've got a framework, the seven elements framework, we generally start there. It's like let's just we need we need an actual snapshot of today, right? Let's be with without all of the rubbish. What do you actually think and feel? What is going on in your life in all of those different areas of your life at the moment? And then we go, okay, so this is where you are now. Let's use this, this current reality as the contrast for what we actually do want. And so you take this and go, well, this area is working really well. This area is da, 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 da. 
this is actually what I do want. And then we go, fantastic. Okay, so what are the gaps between here and there? And what is your priority? And we just work with what is in front of you right now. So we don't go looking for stuff. Like this is what's really important to recognise about when we're doing proper coaching is actually really looking at where is the current state where do we want to be and what's the priority because we can't change everything in this red hot minute so we really just need to go okay let's just logically break this down i'm really struggling with um my business okay that's business is a big thing are we struggling with um our lead generation are we you know at the start are we struggling with our marketing are we struggling with our um, conversion rate? Are we struggling with our delivery? Are we struggling with our follow-up? Are we struggling with our money? Are we struggling with our profit? Like, where's the challenge? And you, when you kind of go through this systemized process, you go, actually, here's my problem. I'm not making enough profit. Okay, why aren't you making enough profit? Or I'm not, um, you know, I don't have enough work coming in. Or maybe the issue is actually not in the business, but you're struggling in your relationship or whatever. Recognizing that wherever I am, there I go. So I am the creator of my life experience. I need to recognise that I need to start looking within me to actually how I have created this and what I can do differently to move forward. So it's really present moment focused and we're just looking at what is the obstacle in front of you right now. Happiness is to be found in the overcoming of obstacles and challenges. Like the gift is in the struggle. If you want to grow, you've got to look at your weaknesses and your struggles and, and look at how I can overcome that and move forward. And it's generally a belief system, your mindset, or it's strategy and understanding is this mindset or is this strategy or even is it execution? Got the, I've got the fantastic mindset, I've got the fantastic strategy, but I'm not doing it. Well, therefore, I'll probably say we need to go back to mindset and it all begins and ends in your mind. Mm, fantastic. And the other thing is, sorry on that as well, we can't see what we can't see and we don't know what we don't know. And this is why it's very important to have a really solid accountability support network, a mastermind, a coach or something. Everybody in business needs that. We honestly can't see what we can't see. Mm, absolutely. And even those of you like yourself who are out there coaching and helping other people are using coaches. I know I know a few coaches out there that have multiple different coaches to help them in all their aspects of their lives because, like you said, it is all about having that accountability. I've been in business now for over 22 years and I'm very confident when it comes to running my business, but I can still see that need for me to get someone to hold me accountable. Like I'm, you know, sit me down, I get things done. I'm a rocket when it comes to doing my work. But having somebody for me to refer back to and talk to and have them, like you said, seeing the things that I can't see makes a huge difference in anybody's life as well. Now, I know we've already touched on this, but I'm going to come back and ask it again so we can really drive this point home. Now, you've achieved some amazing success in your business. Uh, you're a mentor, you're a podcaster, you're an author of not just one but two books. You're also a presenter and you've appeared in the media. So on the surface, you look like you've got it all together and everything's going rosy for you. But what is life really like? Do you have those moments of limiting beliefs and self-doubt? And what do you do personally to help overcome those when you do have them? Uh, it's such a great question because, you know, even when I was sort of looking at that question that you'd sent through, I'm like, you know, I, I look at that and go, who, who is that person? Who's that? And even me looking at it going, oh, oh, no, I've got to downplay that or that's not really real or, no, let me tell you about something. You know, it's even for me is very difficult for me to receive that and go, oh, no, I've got to kind of let you know that, mm, you know, but that wasn't that successful and, you know, whatever. So it, this is what I'm saying about the, sh the bright, shiny, like I can look at other people and just go, oh, my gosh, we started at the same time and look at where she is, right? But then I'm like, that's her journey. And it's not about I, I'm, I wish her Ill, Ill, but I will look at myself and go, oh, you know, what have you done? You haven't done things properly and blah, blah, blah. And then you can say something like that to me and from the outside it looks completely different. And this is what I'm saying about the insanity of the whole thing. So what's going on behind the, the facade, if you will, of that is me looking at other people feeling like that potentially. Mm. So it's, it's a nonsense and we've all got to stop doing it. I'm going to go, yeah, that's fantastic. I've had these great achievements. But what I have actually discovered, um, because for me this is really about, you know, in, in a lot of ways this is about my spiritual growth, my spiritual journey. Like I've really connected in with that sense of me here as part of something bigger, you know, and that sort of happened through all the experiences I've had over the last decade. But this idea of, you know, 
really understanding the idea of motivation. And, um, you know, I like to think of motivation in four different ways. So we've got extrinsic motivation, which is externally motivated. So that's, look, I've got a podcast, I've written a book, I've done this, I've done that. But then we have intrinsic motivation and that's internally motivated. And that's about, you know, I like to be able to put my head on the pillow at the end of the day knowing that I've done my best. It's about living a values-based life, life, living in integrity, being honest, you know, those things that nobody can take from you. But if I'm not then, then I, I suffer. Whereas if I don't do the book or the podcast, I don't suffer in the same way. So it's really understanding like what are your motivational um, goals or aspirations or whatever around that extrinsically and intrinsically. So what are your external measures of success financially, weight, whatever, and what are your intrinsic kind of measures of success? But also to um, that work we do around your drivers and your vision. So you actually you've got your push factors, like what you're moving away from, and your vision or your pull factors, like what you're drawing towards. And if you can kind of just go back, when I'm feeling very demotivated and I'm like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? It's just hard work. I can't, you know, you know, it's not, I'm not getting any results. Like I'm not seeing the results of the effort that I'm putting in, for example. Then I can go back and go, okay, let's just go back to my, my, my like, why am I, my why? Why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? And then that kind of, reignites my flame my passion and gives me kind of that kind of that next push to move forward um also I walk a lot I meditate a lot um I journal a lot I do lots of goal setting visioning just I have a lot of fun with it um I'm connected with a really inspiring um group of people I've been in masterminds I'm running a mastermind next year because I, I know the value of it and I, I'm really excited about that. So I set myself, I'm like, okay, what what is missing for me? Where are the gaps for me? How can I fill them? How can I create something or find something that's going to fill that gap for me to kind of allow me to feel that motivation and stuff? So I actually been connected with a group of people for 12 months where we're kind of really lifting each other, supporting each other, got that kind of advisory board, don't feel like I'm on my own all the time, got to make another decision, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. That's kind of, I think we need to just go back to our why. And I had a very good example of this the other day. So as you mentioned, I've just published my second book. Now I've self-published it. And that's a really good example of like how, what goes on behind closed doors, right? So I'm self-published, which means I've got to market it. Now writing a book is one of the second thing is greatest personal development exercise you can ever undertake. However, writing a book is about 1% of the effort that's required the book. The 99% is the marketing. It's really challenging. Asking people for, you know, here, buy my book, asking people for re- reviews and testimonials, trying to get PR, trying to get whatever. And I did a post the other day because I was like, I've sent out 75 press releases, right, to go on the radio about this book. Do you know, I've had one interview. And I'm like, well, just keep going. Just keep going because it's not about... And then going back and reminding myself, it's not about the outcome. It's about the effort that I can put in. The only thing I can control is the effort, my attitude and my effort. And if I take enough effort, if I put in enough effort with the right attitude, remembering why I'm doing it, things start to fall into place. And then I saw this post and I commented to you, I said, I'd love to come on your podcast. Mm. It's like, that opportunity was created because effort was put in somewhere else. So it's not expecting to get a result off an action. It's just expecting if I'm clear on my why and I'm clear on my vision and I'm taking inspired action along the pathway and sometimes it's not going to get the return that I think it might, That it's like that energy that is created comes back in another form, in another way, and it's not my job to control how that happens. Mm, again, it's just all about moving forward, just doing, putting the next foot forward. And I think sometimes we forget that we do, we put a lot of energy out there for something, whatever it might be. And the return we get isn't what we expected to get back, but something comes from that. And it could just be one opportunity that leads to the next opportunity that leads to the next opportunity that leads to the next. So it's all about, again, just moving forward. And the more you, the more energy, the more action you take, I think the more the universe the universe rewards you and and brings opportunities to you as well. So again, I think it's all about no matter how you feel, just put the next foot forward, then the next foot forward and just keep moving. And one of the things I'll do as well, like if it's feeling a bit slow, um, 
if, if things are feeling a bit slow, I'll go, right, what's just one massive thing I can do today? And so one of the things I first did when I first did a sales training course and it said contact three people and I thought, oh, I'm not going to contact three people. This is during COVID when I got completely smashed and I had to pivot everything online. I'm going to contact 50. So I went through my phone, I went through my LinkedIn, I went through my Facebook, wrote down 50 people. I sent 50 people a message. Now I then had some conversations and, you know, Maybe I don't even know how many of those conversations actually turn into clients. But I then actually went on after that to have that was the kind of went my line in the sand, right? I am I'm going for this. I'm not there is not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that this is gonna work. I'm just gonna take the next step of action and the next step of action. And what happens is it's called the blue agency, right? You know when people say things come, I just came in out of the blue. Oh. It didn't come in out of the blue. You took action over here and doing that, you kind of employed the blue agency mm. and the blue agency starts sending you completely random, unconnected things. But you have to move for that to happen and that's why we don't want to have any attachment. Or That's when I was like with that, when I was sending out those press releases, I'm like, it's not about this, Fiona. you just got to keep moving forward. It's not about these people booking you to come on their show. It's not about that. It's about you're taking action to get the book out there. That's all I have to do. This mm-hmm. is what's in front of me. I've got this list of 200 radio stations. Just send it out. It doesn't matter. It might, that's, that is that is my job. Yep. My job is not to go, oh, they haven't rung me. Do I need to follow them up? That's not my job. And then as I do that, other opportunities come in out of left field, but only I can control this 100% what's in front of me right now. But I think we're often looking over here for the quick fix or the silver bullet or the whatever. It's not. It's just a bit of hard graft sometimes. It doesn't feel fun. It feels like a lot of effort. It's hard work. Put your head down. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Stop feeling a failure. Nobody likes me. Want to eat some worms and just do it. Like there's some things we just have to do. And the the key, I think, the secret or whatever is being able to practice discernment around that is like am I actually just bashing my head against a brick wall here or actually am I just need to push through this discomfort? And that comes with that comes with experience. And in the meantime, just do it. Yeah, I love that blue agency because you do. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Great little analogy there. Uh, But again, it is just like you said about putting it out there because that one opportunity might be what results in the next next step. Um, But we also have this such a, like we put out a social media post as an example, basic example, and people think I'm going to put out one post and all these people are going to flood me. They're going to come. They're going to come and see me now. But they don't. They'll look at your post, something might resonate with them, but then they'll wait for the next opportunity or for something else to point out to them that maybe you are the right practitioner or the right coach or whatever it might be for you. And those people that are lurking, that are seeing your stuff might not be taking action right in this minute. It might take a few more posts or it might take a few more emails or it might take a few more whatever. But the point is that those people are there and they're lurking, waiting for their right moment to take that next step. So again, keep moving and see what the outcome is. So let's move on to self-sabotage then, because like you said, they are connected. And I think self-sabotage can be a little bit different from the point that it's not people that aren't successful. It's also people that are having major successes in their business, feeling like they're heading down that route of self-sabotage. So I'd love to discuss what are sort of some warning signs or behavioural patterns that might indicate one might be engaging in these uh, destructive tendencies? So this idea of self-sabotage is actually it's all in your mind and we think it's an external thing happening to us, but it's actually we, we are doing it to ourselves to kind of bring our thermostat down, if you will. Um, Gay Hendricks in his book The Big Leap, which I really encourage everyone to read. Great read. Yeah, fantastic. You know, about the limiting, uh, so upper limits, right? The upper limiting. So basically what happens is that we we have our threshold of comfort. Even if it's incredibly uncomfortable, it's still our comfort threshold. And we take a step beyond that. So we make a big sale, we get ourselves a new car, we get a promotion, something really positive happens in our life. We can't hack it. So we've got to bring ourselves back down to where we're comfortable. We sabotage ourselves, okay? So we can do that in so many different ways. But the way I I kind of like look at self-sabotage generally playing out in five ways, like there's five key ways in which we self-sabotage. Now, one of them is not having clarity, like not having a, a vision for the next bit. And this, I'll often find this happens to me when I've kind of achieved a goal and then I'm just a bit lost. And it's like, oh, I just need to set myself another goal. And it's not about achieving the goal. It's about who I've become along the way that I'm moving towards something. But having got to have a vision. If we don't have a vision, 
then we're going to sabotage ourselves because we're not heading anywhere. We don't have anywhere that we're actually heading. Um, the second one is we don't have a plan. So we might have a vision, but we don't have a plan. Like we're just kind of winging it, hope everything works out. And it doesn't need to be war and peace, by the way. A plan can literally just be a post-it note. It can be a, a you know, I like always do daily plans, weekly plans, monthly plans, annual plans. You've got your bigger vision, right? Mm. If you just go, what do I need to do on a daily basis to get to where I'm going to go? I'm just going to do that, as you say, move and take that action. Because that's the third one is actually, we're not we're not taking consistent action. Like we're not moving consistently. We, we just do one post and we hope something's going to happen. You need to be regular. You need to be constantly showing people you're here, how you can help them in whatever way, shape or form that is. Recognising, like I've got clients, honestly, I've been connected with them for over five years. They're still in my funnel like if you want to call it that I don't really like to think about it in all of those terms because I just think they're people that I can we can I can help at some point right that's why it feels nicer for me but you know most people I work with have been following me for 18 months I would never know two years I would never know they are there they are silent lurkers the ones that are commenting and posting and sharing and stuff they never it's like they never become your clients it's the ones that are just secretly watching but this is a really important note to make around that consistency. Those people are your loyal referral network, even if they have never worked with you. If you are top of mind, they are, and someone says, oh, I need to go and see a Cairo or, you know, uh, uh, having issues with perimenopause or whatever. Oh, there's this chick. I've been following her on Instagram. Exactly. She said this really profound thing the other day. Oh, oh, hang on. Let me just look her up. If you're not being consistent, in your marketing, then people don't know you are there. It's very, it's a very, very simple formula. And I don't have to post in the same way that I used to because I've built up that when I do post something now, it gets huge reach because I've got a lot of people that follow what I do. It's taken time. Like I've earned in a way the right to not have to do it as much because I have been doing it so much for so long, so consistently, so showing up forever that I'm consistent even if I only post twice a week. Does that make sense? But you've got to you've got to decide how many times, what am I going to do and how am I going to, like that's my plan. I don't have to think about it. I'm not going to think about what I'm going to post today. I've got a bit of a plan. I've got my content pillars, whatever, and I'm going to do it. So if we don't, if we don't give ourselves a vision, get the clarity, make a plan and take consistent action on the plan, then we're going to continually sabotage ourselves. And remember, it all does actually come back to our mindset, what we're actually doing. Our lack of belief, our lack of belief in ourselves, our lack of belief in what we're doing, our lack of belief in the process. We're not willing to take the belief that it is possible for me. I'm not willing, you know, to believe that if I just keep going, I'm going to crack through because I believe in what I do. I love what I do. So this real sense of lack of belief in yourself and lack of belief in the process is a self-sabotage. So you've got to go back to that's the imposter syndrome and all of that as well. Mm -hmm. And then also too, not getting help. So not going, okay, I've got a problem here. Oh, let me just keep banging on the same old route that doesn't seem to be generating any results or I'm not kind of getting anywhere. I need help. Like it's okay to ask, put your hand up and ask for help. It's okay to get some business coaching. It's okay to get some sales coaching. It's okay to get some marketing help. It's okay to employ someone. It's like, you know, you don't have to do, it's okay to get an accounting software to support you. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have to do, it's hard enough. We don't need to make it harder. So just kind of, um, recognizing you're going to be sabotaging yourself and then not having accountability. So not having, um, if you're not accountable to anyone, it's very hard to stay accountable to yourself. Like you can convince yourself of anything, but if you, you set some accountability, you've got a, whether that's a business buddy, whether that's a coach, whether that's a mastermind, whatever, it's your partner. It could be anyone, probably not your partner because you actually need people in your life that are just going to support you in your business, you know, and that might not be any of your friends, any of your family or your partner and making sure that you've got that support and help that you need to, to set you up for sustainable success and to continue to prop you up in a way on those, on those wobbles which we all have kind of every day. And also to remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. And if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. So if you're continually finding that you don't have enough money, you've got cash flow issues, don't have enough clients, there's something going on there. You need to address it and resolve it. Don't keep trying to do the same thing. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result is a self-sabotage too. So it shows up. It's sneaky. It shows up everywhere. We all do it and we can all convince ourselves very convincingly justify why it is why it is but that's actually going to keep us stuck as well mm -hmm. there's also an element of 
self-sabotage coming into play because you're on the verge of success and you're afraid of what it's going to look like on the other side. I think this is something that Gay Hendricks in his book talks about as well. You know, you're at your upper limit, but there's 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 another limit that you can get to and there's that fear of breaking that comfort zone to move forward. So you start unconsciously sabotaging your efforts because your fear of success on the other side, which is kind of it's a really bizarre concept to wrap your head around. Do you have any pointers or anything around that that you want to add about people self-sabotaging because they're on the verge of success rather than being limiting beliefs in their self-doubt and their ability to do it? Yeah, 100%. Because also too with that as well, uh, and the answer basically is awareness and acceptance, by the way. So we just need to become aware. Okay, this is where I am and I accept it. All right, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm on the edge of something. I'm going to get excited about this. I'm going to start to feel like, oh, this is the dark before the dawn. This is the breakdown before the breakthrough. This is this means I'm right on the cusp. All I've got to do is find a way to keep moving forward. And I know that this process is going to go on forever and ever and ever. And at some point I'm going to reach the, the, my terror, you know, the edge of my terror barrier at the next point and I'm going to go through this process again. But every time I do it, I'm getting stronger. Every time I do it, I'm becoming more resilient. Every time I do it, I'm, you know, growing within myself. So I'm willing to do what I need to do to move myself through this. And that kind of also goes back to that point as well around um, Zig Ziglar said, you know, um, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with as well. So it really matters who is in your network, who is in your social network, who is in your business network. Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of integration between those two areas anyway as you sort of progress in your business so that you can be with people who can kind of cheerlead you through that as well. You don't just have to. It's very challenging when you're feeling so crappy because that generally what happens is we're, we're thinking negatively about the success, we're manipulating that, we're going to feel bad, and then it's very hard to kind of take action or we just kind of will do something completely to derail, mm-hmm. completely unconsciously to derail our success. So we just need to become very aware, hang on, I'm feeling a bit anxious at the moment or I'm feeling a bit whatever at the moment. Maybe I'll grab my journal and do some journaling around this. Maybe I'll talk to someone about it. Maybe I'll look at past times when I felt like this and what I did to move myself through that. But I'm going to get excited because if I'm struggling, it's like it's called the valley of despair. So what happens is we go, yeah, woohoo, I'm so excited. I set a goal, boom, 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 boom. And then we get to this valley of despair, which is where all of this stuff comes up. But if we can move through that, then we go back up again. And that's when we get the transformation. But most people, we get to the valley of despair, the upper limit, whatever we want to call it, and we slide back. Mm, it's, like yeah. it's too hard. It's too uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Change, growth is uncomfortable. So when we're moving through that into the next level, we're going to tell ourselves anything we possibly can to keep ourselves here, whether Fear of success, fear of failure, whatever. We just need to challenge that, challenge our thinking and move through that. Just go, it's not real what I'm thinking. It's just a thought. I don't have to engage with it. And this is where the practices like meditation come in. I don't need to engage with it. I can accept it's there. I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to say, that's fantastic. I feel like a fraud. Let me keep moving anyway. That's fantastic. I'm terrified of what people are going to think of me. I'm just going to keep moving through anyway. Mm, I love that. Okay, so um, I wanted to ask you uh, if you had any practical strategies or interventions that practitioners can employ to break free from that self-sabotage. So you've already covered them, a couple of them now, but is there anything that you wanted to add to that that would help somebody reach their full potential? Yeah, it actually goes away from the business and brings it back to the self, okay? So we actually need to become more self-aware. We need to understand ourselves. We need to understand how we tick. We need to do effort and work on ourselves before we get to that point. We need to build strength within ourselves so that when we do get to those points, we we actually have already built some internal awareness, understanding and strength to be able to move through it. So if you're not working on yourself in your business, your business is not going to get to where you want it to go. It just can't. You're just going to keep coming up against yourself time and time again. And that's why most people who actually have cracked through will talk about this. You know, the personal development is such an important part of that. So I really, it's very basic what we need to do. And I really, honestly, this is what I believe. If you can get up a little bit earlier in the morning and do some meditation, practice some gratitude, go for a walk, set your daily goals for the day, plus do that other stuff around all your visioning, get very clear on who you want to be and how you want to be showing up in your life. Take the time and effort 
to spend some time doing that. Looking at your business is one aspect of your life. It's not your whole life. It's an aspect of your life. And we need to make sure that what you're doing in work integrates with everything else. It's aligned with your vision. It's aligned with your values. And if it's not, you need you need to tweak your business model. You don't change your life. Your business needs to support you in your life. Setting your daily goals and then making sure that you're eating properly, making sure you're drinking enough water, making sure you're getting enough rest, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with positive people, having people in your life who can encourage you, who can help challenge your thinking, who who are not just going to give you what you want to hear but are actually going to help you see yourself from other perspectives, like genuinely trustworthy, honest relationships. That's what you need to do. You need to build those things within yourself so that you are strong enough and equipped to, cha- to meet the challenges of life as they arise, whether that's in your business or in anything else. And that's when you're going to start to be able to push through and crack through and see the transformation in every area of your life. But it starts with you and what you do at the start of the day. Mm, I love that. So uh, so like, I can't tell you it's so simple. And, and I'm assuming you've read Hal Alford's book, um, The Miracle Morning, or because you talk about a lot oh, of. No, I haven't actually. I've never read his book. You know, I, I did actually start reading it. I know it didn't kind of gel with me, but yeah, that was something when I first started all of this. Was like, what do successful people do? Mm. And that's when I started. You know, Julia Cameron's thing. I came across Mel Robbins five four three two one. It's like I've just got to get up a little bit earlier in the morning. Yeah, and it's so hard when you're exhausted and you've got, especially if you're a mother and you've got all this other stuff around you in the household. And uh, this is something we've spoken extensively about in a previous podcast with Rebecca Lang, who's uh, got me onto the Miracle Morning. And um, and I told the story then that I was like severely, severely, like massive chronic fatigue, couldn't get out of bed. Uh, or you'd find me on the couch, often crying my eyes out because I could not get up and go pick up my kids from school because I was so exhausted. And having that that push to get up that little bit earlier in the morning, I can't tell you how much it killed me. To Like I had to get my husband to push me out of bed because I was that exhausted. But the difference it's made in my life just to wake up that little bit earlier, now I'm up at 5, I might laze around a little bit till about my 5.15, 5.30, but then I'm up, I'll do my yoga, I'll go for my walk, I'll get dinner ready, I'll get the kids' lunch boxes ready, I'll um, do a bit of a journaling or I might do a bit of meditation, I might have a quick sauna as well. And then when it comes to taking the kids to school, drop them off, I'm at my desk, I'm ready to go, and my mind is so much more sharper and I can achieve so much more than having had that little bit of extra sleep at the start of the day. It's just it's really transformative. And I do get that people are exhausted and they don't like waking up early. But once you have that feeling of being organised and knowing where you're going for the day, nothing, no amount of extra sleep is ever going to compare to that feeling. I like to say you never regret. You never regret getting up early, but you always regret, but you can regret not getting up early. And it's, you know, that's been, I think that's probably been one of the core tenets I've I've taught and it has never changed in the 10 years. There's other bits that have kind of shifted and evolved, but that idea of if you are not going to take control of yourself at the start of the day, and I don't mean contract with like a stick and stuff, but actually because you care about yourself and you care about the quality of your life. And in the Happiness Hunter, we call them sludgy mornings. You know, we just kind of, yeah. <laughs> what do you expect's going to happen if that's the kind of energy that you've kind of created at the start of the day? Because every day is a new day. So what's today going to look like? And if you can take control of the day at the start of the day, own the morning like that. And I don't mean like, like bro, own your morning. I just mean like I care. I want to have good relationship with my family. I want to show up well. I want to be operating at my peak, at my best. If I don't do all these things in the morning, they just become something hanging over me for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. If I've done them, tick, and I can just, I feel so good and I can move forward into the day. So to me, that's really, if you can do that, the rest of your life will honestly take care of itself. Yeah, it's a sense of accomplishment as well, knowing that you've been able to achieve so much. And there's been some mornings where I've gotten through things really, really quickly. And it's suddenly like I've just found this time. It's like, wow, I've got. 30 minutes or I've got 45 minutes or whatever it might be and I can do whatever I want and I wouldn't normally have that time. But that feeling of accomplishment and almost finding because we never have enough time, you know, it's always that same thing. I'm, I've got so much going on. There's never enough time. But in those moments when you've, you're organised and you're prepared and you're getting everything done, you actually find those moments of time where you can just sit down and read a book or just do something small for yourself, you know, and that to me is priceless. But even that thing you said then about I've never got enough time is a belief system, right? So if that's what you believe, then that's what you're going to experience. It's like I've got plenty of time. And, you know, 
um, Hendrix talks about Einstein time, you know, like I'm just kind of bends and, and stuff. This is what we need to look at. Okay, well, how am I structuring my days? Am I scheduling my days? You know, like there's there's so many different aspects that we can start to look at, but you have to start with your morning. And then we start to go, right, what are you doing with your days? Like what do they look like? What? How much time do you actually have? Have you overcommitted? What's going on with the kids? You know, and actually just break everything down bit by bit, unemotionally, logically, what do I need to do to achieve success in all of the different areas of my life? It's got to be a balance. It's got to work for me. If it doesn't work for me, it's not going to work for anyone. So mm. how can I make it work for me? And when we do this, it's like enlightened self-interest. It's not selfish. It's enlightened self-interest. If I'm not taking care of me, then A, I'm not providing a very good role model to my kids actually anyway because I want them to be able to care for themselves and look after themselves properly. And part of that is making time for food preparation. Part of that is resting. Part of that is having time to you know, tidy up or clean the house or do whatever you need to do. It's all of it. Go for a walk. Do It's all of it. How do I structure my day so that I'm able to do all the things that are important to me with the flexibility for me to be able to adapt to all of these competing priorities that I have in my life that kind of come up and when they're not curveballs. It's called life. So we mm. have to shift all of that. Like it's not just this disaster. That's life. Life is inconvenient. How do I build myself up so that I can move with it and roll with it and flow with it and not feel like it's kind of happening to me all the time? Yeah, that's, yeah. And always come back to putting your own oxygen mask on before you put it on your kids. Without that, you cannot proceed. And and remembering if that's you and your business, the first thing you need to look at is if your business is struggling, it's not your business struggling. Your business is an extension of you. Come back to you, sort yourself out, and then you'll find you come back looking at your business with a completely different lens. Yeah, I love that. This is a question I ask every single person I interview. You've given us so many gold nuggets to already work with, but I'd love to ask if you were to give just one piece of advice to natural health practitioners aiming to build a successful business that they love, what would it be? Meditate. Meditate. Love it. Excellent. Uh, Fiona, it's been an absolute pleasure interviewing today. Tell my listeners, please, how can they find out more about you? You've got a, um, a course, a, a mastering course on imposter syndrome. You've got some incredible books out there. You've got your podcast. How can people find you and find out more about you? So the website, obviously, thehappinesshunter.com, and there is actually a link on there to a free um, self-sabotage masterclass if they want to, if any of your listeners would like to watch that. Um, or you can come and connect with me. I'm on Facebook. In fact, I'm mostly on Facebook now, my personal profile, because, again, moving and adapting and evolving, that seems to be the best place for me to be posting. So I still post on other places, but that's mostly where I'm doing my stuff because I'm looking at what the data is telling me. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is we can we can shift. We don't have to keep going down one road forever. Um so on Facebook, I'm also on LinkedIn, Fiona Reading on LinkedIn or Instagram. You can come and find me there too. But the happinesshunter.com is my website and you can find my new book. It is possible through all the book online book retailers or it's on all the streaming platforms. And also you can listen to the Happiness Hunter podcast. Excellent. All of the links will be in the show notes as well for those listening. Fiona, such an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you for the incredible wisdom that you've shared with our listeners. Thanks so much for having me, Neil. It's been really, really, really lovely to connect with you. Likewise. Thank you for tuning in today and I look forward to having you join me in the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest releases and for more helpful tips, look for me on Instagram under the handle supercharged my practice. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my appointments.